Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. I am an ear lover. I love dealing with otitis. I think doing otoscopy and managing otitis is one of the most fun things that we do in dermatology, but I know it can be intimidating for a lot of people. And while I've done some other episodes on the podcast about otitis, and I have tons of exciting things coming up in the future, um, educating about otitis, I thought I would just do an episode that gave you some basic tips of how to manage otitis through diagnosis with your otoscope unit and through the dermatologic exam. So first of all, I think doing an otoscopic examination is part of a complete derm exam. So even if a pet's coming to see me for paw chewing, I'm gonna try to put a scope in pretty much every pet's ear. Now we do practice fear-free in my clinic. So if a pet is extremely resistant or uncomfortable, um, then, and they're not coming for ear disease, I will talk to the owner, you know, have you specifically seen any head shaking, scratching, odor? Um, and if it is something that maybe is not on the list of priorities that day, then we might reevaluate when the pet comes in for recheck. So as I do think it's part of a complete exam, if that is not their primary reason coming in and owners aren't worried about it, then I will take a step back and talk to them. That seems a bit nervous today. You know, we're, you're going to be seeing me a lot for a long time dealing with germ disease. It might be best if we just reevaluate in the future and let me know if anything happens. So they, they leave knowing that we haven't necessarily looked at their pet's ear in those cases. But if I can, and I find most pets actually pretty tolerant of an otoscopic exam, as long as you are comfortable doing it, then I really try to look in the ear of almost every uh, patient. Part of doing that exam of the ear, besides looking at it and of course doing cytology, um, is palpating. So that is one thing if I have a pet who's really painful, I palpate that ear because if I'm already feeling rock hard calcification, then maybe we need to have a discussion that surgical intervention might be the better option for that owner. If I have a really swollen, painful ear, but when I palpate that canal from the outside, it's not hard, it's swollen and painful, but it's not necessarily calcified, then we're gonna have a better prognosis as far as being able to save that ear. So don't forget that part of your otoscopic you know, ear exam is actually palpating the outer portion of the canal. When you're doing the otoscope, remember dogs and cats, especially dogs, have more of the L-shaped ear canal. So they have a vertical canal and a horizontal canal. And the way that I actually like to explain this to owners as we're curbside, and I can't necessarily draw them into diagrams or anything like that for them, is I instruct them over the phone, hold your hand out like an L. If you imagine that this is your pet's ear canal, this is the vertical canal, this is the horizontal canal, and then at the tip of your thumb would be where we would expect the eardrum to live. And then when I'm explaining what I'm finding in the ear, I can tell them exactly where it is in that canal. And then we can also talk about flushing and the importance of treating that infection with how deep and um, you know, different the ear canal is in a pet 
compared to a human where we have straight ear canals. And so that's really important because when we're actually evaluating the ear with an otoscope, we want to straighten that ear count out. So when you hear dermatologists talk about pulling the ear count up and out, the reason we're doing that is we're trying to straighten it out more. If you imagine putting a cone into an ear that's like this, you're going to hit this junction and then you're going to have a very ouchy pet who's really painful. If you want to get all the way to be able to evaluate the tympanic membrane, then if we do our best to try to straighten that out, then you can imagine that your scope's going to go in a little bit better. And then you're going to fully be able to evaluate that canal. But more importantly, that pet's not going to be as resistant to you doing the otoscope exam. Because if you're just jamming in that junction of the horizontal and vertical canal, that's painful, that's uncomfortable. So when I see students or you know have preceptors that come through and we talk about how to do an otoscopic exam, a lot of times the pet will be completely fine for me because I do this all day, every day. And then they'll be really painful when, you know, the student or visiting veterinarian goes in that ear. So make sure you're taking that time to straighten it out. Practice, practice, practice. You don't want to shy away from doing otoscope exams. You know, if you have pets that are in for surgery, for say spays or neuters, practice looking in their ear when they're still. Practice that up and out and that will be extremely helpful for you guys. Uh, when we do evaluate in the ear, there are different size cones that you can get. And the bigger, the better. So if you should not really be using the same size cone, say on a cat, as you would a Great Dane. Like we want to have better visualization. And so getting a larger diameter cone uh, for those bigger pets will help you actually be able to pick up more fine-tuned things, say like masses or a ruptured tympanic membrane. The other thing I will say about looking in the ears, and especially when we're talking about otitis that can be chronic and, and never cured, make sure you're noting things down in your medical record and you want to be really detailed. So if I have a lot of debris in the ear canal, I'm going to describe the type of debris. Is it ceruminous debris? Is it purulent debris? Is it brown debris? Is the debris just in the horizontal canal? Is it the entire canal? Is that canal stenotic? Is it swollen? Is it erythematous? Are there ulcerations? Can I see the eardrum? If I can't see the eardrum, I'm gonna note, can't see the eardrum. Is it ruptured and I can't see it? Or is there just a lot of debris and swelling and I'm really not sure? All of these things become really important because we talk about managing otitis, especially chronic cases, these are things that maybe the pet's significantly better at recheck, but unless you have something really detailed to compare it to, we can't tell. And so making those notes not only are going to help you if you recheck that pet, but if you have another doctor in your facility that checks that pet, they have to know exactly what you saw. So if maybe there's still some debris in the ear, but they can see it's no longer a swollen ear that's erythematous and has ulcers, that's going to be clinically improved and we need to know that. Be diligent and keep looking. So I have had several cases where they come in, they're swollen, they deal with otitis, we're doing our best to get under control. I think I can see a portion of the tympanic membrane. Um, I'm not sure. I keep watching and watching and watching. And then we think we're doing fine. All of a sudden on an exam, there's a big old erythematous mass I've never seen before. So you want to be really diligent and keep looking, even if owners report that the pet is doing better, because sometimes when you get that swelling under control or the debris all of a sudden is cleared up because the infection's resolved, 
you can see things like foreign bodies, masses, um, an eardrum that's ruptured or maybe now is intact that you couldn't appreciate before. I've also had masses that um, kind of hang out in the middle ear and there is an eardrum that's completely over them. And then all of a sudden over time I check and all of a sudden that things busted through. And that was a mass I never would have seen before. I had a cat do that to me for over a year. It was actually uh, in a video otoscope was done by a previous dermatologist on that cat and they didn't find anything. It just kept having otitis and having otitis in the same ear. All of a sudden, a mass was plain as day. And two dermatologists had never seen a mass in that ear before. So you want to keep looking because things can pop up differently um, on certain exams that you wouldn't have seen before. Sedate if you need to. If you have a pet that, say, um, is fearful or painful and you really can't see in their ear canal, don't be afraid to use sedation. You know, we use butorphanol and dextomator a lot in these cases so we can fully evaluate that ear. I talked before that for fear-free, if the ears aren't a concern and are not a priority, maybe we, you know, work our way up into looking them at them eventually. But if you have a pet that is coming to you for ears and they will not let you near them, it's better to just use the appropriate sedation as long as it's not contraindicated so that that pet is more comfortable, they're not going to have as much of a negative experience being in your clinic, and that you can actually get a better look into that ear canal to see if there is something deeper that we need to address. Finally, my last kind of quick tip about otoscope examinations and, and diagnosing otitis, refer if it's difficult. Ear cases are tough. They can go south very fast especially if you talk about the traditional cocker spaniel that, you know, if you just look at them wrong, they calcify their ear canals. Um, and these can be difficult cases, even in our hands that, you know, they're hard to get under control. They can still end up calcifying and needing surgery. So it's so much better to refer these otitis cases early. We need to figure out the underlying cause most importantly, or it'll keep happening even if you get rid of that infection. So when you have cases that are not responding, that are recurrent, I really urge you to refer to your local dermatologist because we want to be diligent about not only um, treating that infection, but identifying that cause and being more preventative on the future ear infection. So if they start happening more frequently, if we're getting things like rods under the microscope, if we're getting swollen, painful ears, then I really think referral is one of the best things you can do if that's available to you. I hope that's helpful. Just some quick tips um, about otoscopic examinations and how you guys can do this in the clinic successfully, even with handheld otoscopy. Um, until next time, make sure you remember that an otoscopic examination is part of a complete dermatologic examination. Check out the website, thedermvet.com. Still some exciting things that are going to be happening on the newsletter. And I urge you guys, especially in the next month, as I'm working really hard on some things for you, to sign up for the newsletter on the website. Thanks, guys. And gals.